Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or logorize with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's, of course, Dave McKenzie. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. It feels, uh, you know, I know we keep saying it, but it does feel good to be back in the studio. Um, you know, Every time we're surprised. Well, I think the last year, you just never knew what was around the next corner. I think whatever you're doing in your day-to-day life, I think we all know that, stating the obvious, but it's just good to be back. Season has started. Yeah. Season And the season started, and I know this is pretty normal, but the fact that we got the season started in Australia, I think that's... Uh, that's a big plus. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, it, it started where it should have started. Uh, Adelaide, you were there. Tell us, how was it? What was the atmosphere? Uh, busy, not busy? How was it? Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll be very honest. So if you, if you didn't know and you're just sort of tuning in and getting your ears back into the cycling uh, uh, Where have you been? World, first of all. Where have you been? <laughs> yes, we're not happy. Um, so Tour Down Under was not a World Tour race. It was effectively a NRS race. So they rebranded or badged it, if you like, you know, the Santos Tour Down Under became the Santos Festival of Cycling. So the racing was fantastic. And I argued, and I said to a few people, and Stuart O'Grady, who was in his first full year as race director, I said, you get the average sports fan watching this. Don't tell them that it's only Australian riders. And, you know, you're watching this live coverage and the aerial shots and the attacking and the great racing. They wouldn't know otherwise. They'd think it's a, a world-class field. So I thought that was really pleasing. Crowds were really low. Really, really low. Like, I mean, the first two days, it was really low. Wollonga was low, but at the finish um, on the stage, it was quite good. And the final stage was in a, around Victoria Park. Um, that was quite good. It was 41 degrees, <laughs> bear in mind. In some ways, I thought about it later, it was actually probably good there weren't crowds because from a PR perspective, I think SA Tourism, what they, the last thing they needed was 10,000 people you know, lining yeah. the fence line. And that's what we've seen at Tour Down Under in the past. So I think, and and they were very wary what was happening with the tennis. And you, you would have had your, your head all around, your eyes yep. all over that. Absolutely. And they were copying it, weren't they, from a PR perspective initially with the quarantining and everything. So I think when we hit Sunday night and I worked directly with the event manager, um, so I spoke, speak with him most days in the event coordinator, they all breathed a sigh of relief. I, I think bet, they I were, bet. yeah, yeah. And, St- and starting with Stewie, yeah, I guess. absolutely. And you know, I, I do just want to give them a big shout out because they had probably four possibilities. You know, three months ago, they still had three or four possibilities happening, and they didn't know whether any of them were going to happen. So. And, and no judgment, but some other races went a, a different way. The Cadell World Race uh, has been cancelled. So, 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 Herald Sun Tour. Uh, yeah. So some races took a different line yes. and, and they just went the other way and then it worked. Yeah, these guys, now they worked hard and they were determined to get something. And, you know, 
kudos to them also for supporting the local scene. So well done. Well done to... I can't say how good it was to be back on the mic. I said to you, just commentating at a live venue yeah. was, was great too. I wasn't jealous. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I felt a little bit bad, but I was like, you asked me. No, it was good. It was, and it was... I'll tell you what the weirdest thing, going out to Melbourne Airport, you know that big car park? Empty. Empty. I walked through the... Through the um, uh, do, do they still have the valet parking at the, at the front? Do you I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. It was, that was crazy. The airport was dead. So, yeah, it was all a bit strange. But you get over to South Australia and there was that little bit of noticeable difference. And I know we're going off cycling talk here, but we're talking COVID. But they've been a lot more relaxed than what we've obviously been in Victoria throughout the year and even though we're now in a pretty good position as a whole country yeah it was it was it was different yes on the road um, we've seen some pretty amazing stuff from uh, the woman's side mm. from the men's side as well so I mean we, we will talk a lot about this in, in this podcast but this is proving that when you give the, the local guys a go they really seize that opportunity yes yes so for me there were and, and I'm, maybe I've missed someone here, but I'll just stick with three big standouts, I think. One was Luke Durbridge on stage one around Tanunda. Impressive. 30, it was about 37 degrees on the course, an 80-kilometre solo ride. Like, that was massive. That was yeah. 30 kilometres in. He just said, I'll check you guys later. And that was it. They, they, they were chasing do, him. Couldn't do you think catch he him. just he said, it's too hot, I want to go home? I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> he was turbo-durbo. You know, the cliche, but that's exactly what he did. And then the other one, of course, Sarah Gigante. Yeah. Stage two, she did a – stage one, she was there. She was she was in the bunch, in a select group, I should say, of about 12 women, I think, that were left. Stage two, she did the, similar to Durbo, 50 kilometres almost, solo. She sort of jumped up a climb to get the KOM points or QOM points. They didn't see her again. And then her scintillating ride on Wollonga, and I might be slightly out here, but I, I'm quite sure her time, bottom to top on Wollonga, was 1 minute 39 seconds slower than Richie Port's quickest ever. Yeah, impressive. Now, put it in context, she hit the bottom. She had no teammates driving it up the climb. She went from the bottom on her own. Richie gets towed until about two kilometres to go, and then he launches that one-two punch that he's made famous, you know, on that climb. She also didn't have, you know, it, look, it's a fact, men are faster in raid racing and more, more, more powerful. So you get 10 World Tour men leading Sarah Gigante halfway up Wollonga yeah. Hill, then let her go on her own. She's probably only going to be 30 or 40 seconds slower than Richie. She, she's, I mean, honestly, uh, you and I, we saw her, and we keep on saying this, we saw her at a crit uh, down Hawthorne Road uh, at some uh, point. The teardrop at Q, yes, yeah. Hawthorne um, Club. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah like a long time ago. And yes. we just went, whoa, she's, a, she's quite impressive. But she just delivers and delivers and delivers and delivers. And she, look, she, she won the road race, we know that. Two years ago now, it's yep. coming up two years. She won the she's the current individual time trial champion of Australia. But she's gone next level. This already now what we've seen. She didn't go overseas last year. So actually, question for you here. Why hasn't she been picked up by a team like Mitchelton or uh, Back Exchange now yep. or any other European team? Why is she still not in a European circuit? It, well she's on She's writing for an American team. She's on a two-year contract. Look, she signed with them, was it post, leading into last season, she'd signed with them. Um, 
you know, I think she was so young when she won the national road title, the elite road title. I'm not sure, you know, teams nowadays sort of pause and hesitate a little bit when they're so young because it doesn't, a junior world champion multiple times does not translate into being a world beater at elite level, especially on the road. You need to just let them have some adjustment and some of them don't go on with it. So I think that's the reason why. And I think also I think she was happy to maybe sort of, you know, slowly find her feet, find her way. But Tibco is a an American team that races yeah. all around the world. She will head overseas this year. I'm quite sure of that. I think she chose, and probably her family, you know, she's got a pretty tight-knit group. Her coach and her mother probably said, with everything that's going on, you know, let's maybe stay home for the year. So she did. I think she studied a bit of uni as well, because remember, she topped uh, the state. She got a perfect score in yeah. her VCE the year previously, so there's not much she can't do. But look, I'm going to say something, and I said this, I think I said this last week at Tour Down Under, normally I don't say this sort of stuff, especially with young talent. I like to let them... Wait. He's going to say it. He's going to say it. Say it. She will win the Women's Tour de France one day. I'm sure of it. Yeah. And I think it will come sooner rather than later. That is how good I think she is. She is exceptional. And I hope I'm touching wood, because I hate to kibosh or pressure so much you know and, and you know one one person in the press says that and suddenly it fans out everywhere and um but she is something special we are witnessing something really special here and you know i think if if she has the right people around her which it seems she does i think in the next few years we're going to see some great performances from her i'll add, I'll add one to the to the to the target mm. world, world champion she will be world champion at some point mm. yeah i mean I, I can't wait to I want to see her this year. I just want to see her have one one good opportunity on one big race and have the team support her, get her into a good position and then let her loose on the climbs. So it's got to be a climbing race. That's her forte, obviously. And I think I just want to see how she will go against Anna van der Breg and Annemiek van Vleuten, you know, the best in the world. I want to see her go head-to-head with them because the way she destroyed the field in Adelaide was and it wasn't okay it was an NRS race you had Lucy Kennedy Grace Brown and granted they've got bigger fish to fry you know coming up and the classics and and throughout the whole season so they're nowhere near their top form that's apparent but they're still riding for a world tour team so you know I just want I just want to see her yeah go up against the best yeah absolutely uh, from from the men's side as well uh, someone was very 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 impressive almost to the level of uh, Sarah Gigante when you yes. do the parallel yeah very close Luke Luke Platt so he he um, he won the let me get it right was it the second or third stage I think it was the second stage he soloed up a short little climb attacked I should say attacked away dropped everyone rode into the finish on his own Impressive win, you know. You got some, and you got obviously you had Richie there, Chris Harper, some World Tour guys, um, you know. So that was impressive. But what was more impressive was Walunga. Richie did the one-two attack. Luke Platt, remember they rode on the same team. They rode for the Garmin Australia national team. He waited, let Richie go. He was gone. The camera was following Richie. You couldn't see him. Next minute, he bolted across to Richie. And he did it, or he seemed like he did it with ease. And I think Richie even said post-stage, look, Luke probably could have won the stage if he'd wanted to. Um, but we're on the same team and he'd already won a stage and, you know, Willunga's my thing. And But he was he was equally as impressive. And look, there's been plenty of rumours that he's had 
you know, five or six World Tour teams. I mean, I want to know who they are. It's a lot, five or six. It's a lot. It's a, <laughs> it's lot. a lot of teams. But look, the other side of it is, and we were spruiking this uh, throughout the, the, the venue commentary, this was the, probably the only bike race that was being broadcast anywhere in the world. So a lot of the Europeans, riders, director sportifs, they all know Tour Down Under as the first World Tour event. The scouts would have been watching. They would have been watching a stream of this race and they would have said, who is this Luke Platt? Nobody you, beats think, Richie Port on the longer. Yeah, do you think Richie would just gone on the blower? Well, apparently go, did. Oh, go like, hey, mate. I think Richie, Ineos. well, the story is Richie called Ineos that night and said, listen, sign this guy now. He's he's good. Interesting. So that's I mean that's and we're, isn't we're it great? We're not spreading though? rumors, but we are spreading rumors. Yeah, we're we're totally we're, we've dropped our ball, everyone. Twenty twenty one. We've just we've just said bugger it. We're just going all we're out. We're going to start a blog. Rumor and, mill. Uh, rumor mill. Yeah. Rumor mill blog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, uh, because we we're just going to move to the nationals now, which are happening uh, this mm. week, uh, this weekend actually, this week, uh, starting from uh, this Wednesday, and uh, actually people. Um, should know that you've got your bag with you and you're you're off to the I'm, I to am. I'm riding my bike with my backpack all the way. It's all uphill too. Gee, that's going to be tough. Yeah, he's taking the train. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. But anyway, uh, so off to Ballarat. The Nationals is always a, a very important moment, of course, in the calendar. A very different year this year again because not so many international riders here from the women's side and the men's side which opens international up Australians, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Australians of course uh, we op- opening a lot of opportunities for a lot of young riders uh, what can we expect from the nationals being so different this year yet again same circuit same place same same everything else yes that is a good question and you you're spot on I think last week we were saying the men's will be wide open and Sarah Gigante will be very, very hard to beat on a course like that. Let's start with Sarah Gigante. Yeah. Just sorry to interrupt, but uh, time trial. Mm. Is that th- like the race she needs to win or not? Well, she's the defending champ. Grace Brown will be a chomping at the bit to get one back on her here. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not convinced uh, Sarah will win the TT. I'd actually more, I'll more steer towards Grace Brown. I think that's a pretty big focus for her. So I'm going to pick Grace Brown to win that. And then on the road race, they cannot afford to try and go head-to-head and race her on that climb. So how do they beat her? They've, yeah. got, to, they've got to attack her on every other bit of the course except the climb. So on the climb, they have to follow her. And then every other bit on the course, they tactically have to outsmart her and they have to utilise their numbers to beat exactly. her. Exactly. They have to be a team. They mm. have to be a team against and her. And I'm talking about... Uh, bike exchange yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. specifically because they're the strongest team but all of the other teams and by the way I'm actually steering more now towards the women's being an open race as well Absolutely. and I think it is going to be <laughs> mm-hmm. because just let me quickly reel off some names right you've got of course Gigante this is the road race Lucy Kennedy who is a great climber and was second at Tour Down Under Peter Mullins who won a stage and she was in the top four overall Peter Mullins, I think, is back to her best, former Australian champion. Jamie Gunning did not race down under. She's prepping for the Nationals. That's the intel I've got. Jamie Gunning was eighth last year. I see her as a real dark horse to win this. She's a really small build. She's a climber. She's a natural climber, Jamie Gunning. So I think this can suit her. And then the Smokies, Nicole Frain, Laura Luxford. These are names some of you may not have heard of. Watch them. They are in. Their two riders are in great form. They were top five overall at Down Under. Um, 
Carly Taylor, who's normally on the mic with us, yeah, there, exactly. She's made a comeback. I saw this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't write off Carly Taylor. I'd, I'd actually love to see her win. She's she's, she's a, here with a vengeance. She, yeah, <laughs> and she's such a joy to work with, and uh, you know, she's she's a really happy, happy, bubbly person. So, I'd love to see her have a great result. And then in the under twenty threes, Neve Bradbury. Uh, she's she's the one who won the um, Zwift Academy yeah. <laughs> um, Pro contract. Uh, she'll be she'll be there, and she'll be she'll challenge in the elites as well. So that field is very deep. Oh, it's brilliant! It's yeah, the women's the women's Australian women cycling right now is in such a good space. It's it really class. is. It's yeah. world class and beyond. That's the, and no, the more no the more we get going overseas, the more doors are opening, and the more you get that that what we just talked about, Richie Port calling his team. You'll you'll start to get that. You'll start to get Amanda Spratt saying, "Hey, sign this Sarah Gigante, or hey, sign this Neve Bradbury. She's awesome." And yeah. teams will do it on the back of someone like Amanda Spratt, or you know Grace Brown, or when women are vouching for these this young talent. So it's, uh, they're in a really good space. Uh, talking of Spratty, um, do you think she's uh, in two minds about not being here? We, oh, talked, she, we talked about it. She'll be missing it, and we're they, going to miss her too, aren't we? There's a couple of dates that might probably pinch a bit more for her. The yeah. national would probably pinch that day. Definitely, definitely, she'll miss it. But I think she's enjoying that. We've all, you've, you would have too. We've been following her social media. Uh, updates and uh, they've had a training camp down in Spain. I think she's been around a few places. She sort of, I think she lives near the border, Italy, Switzerland. So mm-hmm. it'd be very cold where she lives. But I think she's enjoying spending her first full, you yeah. know, winter. But it, it was uh, three degrees when we spoke to her. Remember? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So she was. Yeah, she was missing the warm weather. Definitely. Yeah. She had a big jacket on. Oh anyway. yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the men's. Uh, where do you see the men's race being? Because there's some some smokies as well in there. Yeah, the men's is. It's it's you, well you you'd argue it's more wide open, but for me the the big favourites are Luke Plapp, Luke Durbridge and Cam Meyer. Remember Cam Meyer's a defending champ, tried for years to win it. He finally got it last year, so I see those three as the as the guys to win, and then. Chris Harper, who's been really good the last few years, remember he rides his pro, his pro team is Yamba Visma, so he's going back for his second season as a pro. I think he could. This could be the year that he nails it as well. But there will be Smokies. There will be Smokies um, around that course. I don't think it's going to be hot, so it could be a cool Ballarat, um, which is you know not surprising. Yeah, but it's not going to be a stinker. So, so if I come on Sunday, do you think I should bring a jacket? I'll bring a jacket. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring a vest, bring the puffer, definitely, especially if you okay. plan on walking up the climb. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, there's been some other racing in uh, in Europe, and uh, I just really want to talk about the cyclocross. You love it. Uh, that's you your new your new gig, yeah, isn't it? Not not because I bought a gravel a couple of years ago, mm. uh, but I just I, I fell in love again with this uh, with this sport just because two people, Wood van Aert, Mathieu van der Poel. I mean, what they displayed on that world championship over the weekend, incredible. And the, you know, cyclocross, as we know, has become more popular in places like Australia. But the spotlight was even more so on the cross worlds because of those two guys. Yeah. Let's face it. And then the, the just battle, the battle that they have on the road, the cyclocross, it's. It was. There was such a big battle there. And Vanderpoel, he just got another little notch, Ooh, didn't yep. he? Remember, he won Flanders last year by a centimetre. Yep. He's just got another notch, world champs. Yep, Van Aert had such an exceptional season, winning a monument in his own right. But, gee, you said to me before we came on, if I can just steal yeah, what you yeah, said. Yeah, go for it. 
Flanders and Roubaix this year with those two. Crazy. Like, you know, forget about Peter Sagan for a second. Put those two there. It's going to be incredible. Absolutely. Let's listen yeah. to actually Matthew Van der Poel. Uh, he comes back on this race. Hey, Matthew. Um, congratulations, first of all. That rivalry with Rod Van Aert. Talk to us about how you go through this. And then did you have a chance to have a quick word with him at the end? And if so, what did you, what did you guys say? No, we didn't really talk to each other, but um, I think it was already pretty obvious that it was going to be uh, us two in front of the race, especially with a course like this that is so hard that the strongest guy guys are in the front immediately and we didn't really talk about, uh, about the race or anything. We had a really low tire pressure yesterday because of the sand sections, but um, I think yeah, it was one of the only flat tires in the whole weekend, so that's just really bad luck for him. That's also the thing about sports. It's not only uh, the legs and the head. It's also the mechanics that have to work. But it's yeah, even more if you look to Formula One or MXGP, it's even more the case. So I think it's part of the sport, and for sure, yeah, you don't you don't want any anyone to have a flat tire. Um, it helped me during the race yesterday, but I I would have preferred to just win without a flat tire of out. Um, we I think we saw. We would have seen a different race if he didn't have a flat tire. So it's a pity, but yeah, I had my portion of bad luck um, already in the in the past uh, World Championship. So um, yeah, it just it's sad that it happens. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really important that I have someone that was pushing my limits, and I think I do the same with him as well. We make each other stronger, and I think we had some pretty good battles also in the past, and it starts to be a, a story of its own, I think. Um, and uh, you see that it's also getting bigger than the sport itself, the, the duel between our two. So I think that's pretty cool to to have someone like him. It also benefits me. How close to your limits do you think you've got? How much further can you go? So that's always the question. I think if you've seen Van Aert riding the Tour de France this year as well, I don't think um, someone expected to him to be so strong uphill so he already pushed his limits again there and um, that's the thing we we don't really know but uh, that's nice that we can discover some new strengths as well along the way. How do you <coughs> see balancing cyclocross with your road commitments as well? Like I've done it this season it's perfect for me I think I would um, try and do it like this the upcoming years to do 10 uh, upon 15 cyclocross races um, during the winter to to keep the feeling, to keep the points as well, to be in front uh, on the World Championship and then always aim for that. Do you feel like this rivalry with Wout van Aert is uh, crucial for your motivation in uh, in this sport? Uh, for example, if, if Wout would uh, abandon cyclocross or, or race much less, uh, would it affect your uh, program in the cyclocross as well and your motivation? Maybe a little bit, but it's. Um, I think the main point is that I have to be 110% to beat Wout van Aert in cyclocross, and um, that motivates me a lot. So maybe, yeah, uh, I think I need I need him also. But it's not that. Um, yeah, the other guys are are not riding fast, not at all. But you see that if we come to to our best level in cyclocross, that it's um, yeah, the two of us are the strongest. I think during the races, but you also see if we are. Like in the beginning of the season, we are riding at uh, not at our top level, that they are also uh, capable of, of beating us. And 
Um, that's also a motivation, I think. Matthew, just a very quick question to, to finish on this. Uh, when you're successful like this, do you have a little word with granddad, with Pupu in your head? Do you, what, what, do you, what do you do in a victory like this? Do you sign to him or what, what did you do? No, not really. Um, I was yeah, a little bit in a zone during the race also because there were no spectators, but yeah, for sure it's sad that he, that he can't see me winning races uh, anymore, but yeah. I think I made him proud again, and that's for me the most important thing. So that was Matthew Van der Poel. Um, I mean, the guy is a machine. He is. Honestly. I mean, you know, I mean, you look, I was about to say, you know, years ago, they would never do cyclocross and then do the road, but they did. His dad did. Yeah. Andrew but, Van der Poel, his father, who was one of my sort of heroes when I was a kid. But listen, listen to this, though. He's doing cyclocross. He's thinking about the Olympics. That's his main target. I'm sorry, he said He's the, doing the team... A keen for him to do the tour, yeah, maybe yeah. as a wild card, but he said, no, no, Olympics no. are more important. Yeah, he said, well, Olympics are more important. I will focus on the Olympics. Yeah. But he's doing, look at this, he's doing cyclocross world championship. He's doing, uh, hopefully, a road race around Roubaix, Flanders, potentially the tour, mountain bike. Probably Strada Bianca. He made it yeah, just before. Uh, and then we're talking about the mountain bike as well. He's flying in mountain bikes. So, he mount, so will he, what will he do at the Olympics? Mountain bikes. Oh, mountain bikes, of course. Uh, and would he do the road race as well? Uh, who knows? He can't, I mean, what can't he do? <laughs> it's Yeah, he's he's incredible. Yeah, He's um, incredible. <laughs> and, and exciting to watch. They're just so exciting to watch. Yeah, because if you... And if we're just going to go back to this particular race on Sunday, he was set on the beach in Ostend. Ostend. Yeah, that Belgium, was awesome. Belgium soil. Mm. He, the Dutch the Dutch woman and the Dutch men won everything yes. they could in on Belgium soil. Yes. That much have pinched a lot within that Belgium oh, team. Oh, yeah. Oh, time. yeah. The, the national coach would be, of Belgium would be a bit nervous about his job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lucinda Brand, she won the women's, and hers was interesting because she's had three successive podium yep. finishes mm -hmm. but has hadn't nailed one. So, you know, there's she's 31 years of age, so she's not young, but the talent they've got and... Wow, the, you know the next, the next gen. You imagine the next generation that they'll inspire. Yeah. So the the Van der Poels, Van Art, Lucinda Brand, the next generation of Belgians and Dutch that will that will be able to transition cyclocross, mountain bike, road. It's, it's going to be. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's pretty healthy. Very, very quickly on this, just to finish on this, how do you think Van Art is taking this mentally? It's another pinch you said from from uh, Mathieu Van der Poel to Van Art in this field. I know Van Aert probably has his eyes on the Tour de France, on other mm. racings, on the road, but his heart is in cyclocross. These guys' heart are in cyclocross. This is in the DNA, and he's getting bitten. Well, I think he's. I reckon he's lining him up. Van Aert is lining up Van der Poel. First stop, Flanders. He wants revenge. Yeah. So he absolutely. So revenge on the road. Yes, revenge on the road. As, and look, you're, you're right, but their heart will slowly shift. I, I presume in the next five years, as they become more. They develop more on the road if that's possible because they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> they're winning the best. They're beating the best already, but I think that's first stop. So the, and look, the, just to, to digress slightly, but the great thing about that, and this is a bit selfish, but I'll say it: the fact that they're holding racing in Europe absolutely is great. It, no, it's great. No public. No public yeah, no public. But no, still. Some, I'm, I'm, yeah, they're doing it safely, which is great. 
but I'm happy that the governments, obviously, because the governments have, have the final say here. Forget yep. about race organisers. Let's we all know it now. The governments have the ability to shut anything down. So it was great that they're allowing the racing to happen, and that gives me confidence that we're going to see a full complement of classics this year, including Paris-Roubaix, because remember, it was yep. it got skipped at the last minute last year. Absolutely, and a women's Paris-Roubaix as well. Oh, that'll be way. so good. Oh, no. And they are, they were. They were so disappointed, as as I think we all were last year when it was cancelled. And I, I, honestly, I was more disappointed for the women than the men. Yeah, absolutely. It, no, we, we, we just said knew this, it was going to be awesome. Yeah. We said this on the on this podcast. Yeah, you know? like Amanda Spratt wants to race it. Yeah, Spratty's a, Spratty's a Ardennes <laughs> and, and tour rider. Yeah, that's her forte. And she's like, I will race Roubaix one day. <laughs> I, I would not blame her. I would race Ruby if I was fit. Oh, no, well, no way. I'm glad I never did it. No way. I've done the, I've done the Fondo. Yeah, I know you do. Oh, that is fun. That is, we, we are doing that one year, pal. Did, yeah. did yeah. you heard You're it not here. allowed to do it on the cyclocross bike, though. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, transfer because there's been uh, also a lot of movement uh, over this, uh, I call it the inter-season, mm. the, the, the between seasons. Uh, where are we at? Because there's a lot of teams that have changed names and a lot of people that have moved teams. Well, let's, let's go with the top of the the top of it i'm going to let you call this one because you told me this first you saw it first i'll hint you he's had a pretty big spike in his in his salary he had he had to shift from a team urshi yeah urshi, tell a story come on urshi moved from uh ex sun web uh to which is now ds team dsm team dsm yep. so another team that changed them yeah to uae so he joined mm -hmm. pogachar and he multiplied his salary by 14. Would <laughs> you do it? <laughs> so you messaged me. So everyone listening, Christoph messages me and says he's multiplied. But you, actually, you said it in some funky language. Okay. And then you, but you said something and then you're 14 times. And I'm like, typo. 14 times. That'd be ridiculous. And I'm like, oh, you're reading you're reading these cycling tabloids. You know, you're believing everything you read. Here he goes again. So then I go on and do my homework. And I mean, granted. So the story goes that apparently he was on about seventy thousand euro, because I think he was only in his second year. Yeah, he wasn't a neo, but he hadn't. Yep. We'd, we hadn't heard of him. Let's be honest. Absolutely, we'd barely heard of him. He wins Flesh Wallone, wins a stage at the Tour, almost wins two other stages at the Tour, podiums at Liège, podiums at the Worlds. So it's rumoured that he's somewhere in the one million euro mark. <laughs> That's fourteen times. That's fourteen times. <laughs> like you would like, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter, would you? It wouldn't matter if you saw some of the guys on the team that you hated with well, a passion. You'd just any, go for a year. If any other networks want to pinch me for fourteen times uh, my salary, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up, game. I'm yeah. up. I love, I love SBS, but hey, fourteen times salary, I'm going. I'll do anything. I'll run down Burke Street in a chicken suit for yeah. that. <laughs> uh, what other news have we got? Because there's been a lot going on. Yeah, so I mean, look, the obvious ones. Obviously, we'll get used to Froome pretty quickly in the Israel startup, and they've yeah. they've had a massive shake up. Massive shake up. Won't go through all the names, but. You know, he's dragged a few with him. A few others have, have gone in there as well. So that's big. Obviously, Richie back at Ineos. Hershey, you mentioned, a UAE. Um, Bardet. Bardet's moved to Team DSN. Yeah. 
Yes, that's that's going to be the most intriguing transfer, I think, of, I the, uh, of the early part of the season. Because there's two elements to this. Bardet moving to Team DSM. Uh, big changes for Bardet. We, we mentioned that you and I, with Kino as well, mm. it's probably a great move for him. Also, out of this, AG2R, which is not Citroën AG2R, has to reform completely the team. And they've Greg got Van Avermaet. Van Avermaet. Yeah. It's a completely You would never team. have picked Van no. Avermaet. I wouldn't have picked Van Avermaet going there. I mean, they were a team for the mountains, and mm. now they're a team for the classics. It's completely different. I like how they've sh- shook up their team. It's like the business well. The business model has been completely changed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And actually, just while we're on that, Tom Dumoulin. Absolutely. That's massive news. Yeah, it's huge news. That is huge news. Yeah. I wonder how much we can read on this, actually. But is, is he just fed up? Well, let's, let's just remind everyone. He's basically, he's called time on his career at the training camp. Yeah. Midway through the camp, he said... I don't want to do this. I'm not enjoying it. And then he released a statement, a really honest one, actually, which was there was no trying to, you know, smoke and mirrors. He literally just said, I'm just not enjoying it. I've needed a lot of time and I'm not sure whether I'll come back, but I want to make sure. And he said, the team is supporting me with it. And I'm and he's taking a leave without pay. Yeah. So the team would have said, well, if you're not happy, you need a break. So... Yeah, a big, big. I mean, he he. Do you know, would, do you know what? He's, he's, on, he's, he's on two million. He's got to be on yeah. two million euro plus a year. It's he's, a, he's not going to come back. You don't think? I don't think he will. I think he's done. Yeah. So I mean, it's a bit like a little bit different. He sort of petered out in a way, and and I don't say that disrespectfully, but Marcel Kittel, he yeah. he didn't just sort of go bang. He was starting to fade a little bit. He remember he wasn't happy in in uh, Katusha. He had a break and then he tried to come back and then he he sort of took him a little bit to realise, I guess, himself that he just wasn't enjoying it. So that's that will be interesting. Yet again, Cavendish is back. <laughs> oh, he's here. He's still here. He's still here. Dukernik. That's right. How's he going to go? Come on. Have, have we? Have we? I I personally think it's great to see him. He's going to struggle. Yeah, I... he's going to struggle mentally. He's going to struggle with performance because I don't think he would be uh, the number one sprinter. Or, no. if he, or, if, or if he is, he will be number one sprinter on minor racing. He won't get near King Caleb. Come on, no. <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> Only but slightly biased, yeah. But look at what look at who is in that team as well. You know, yeah. you got the green jersey from last year's Tour de France. Yes. Uh, so to dethrone him on big races like the Giro, like the Tour de France, those Vuelta, those big, big, big sprint classics and everything. Cavendish can't do this. He obviously loves it. Like we talk about Tom Dumoulin in one breath, and then Cavendish yeah. desperate to race. He found the sponsor. He he said to Patrick again, Lefebvre, again, we've got nothing against Cavendish. We're no, just talking he's about a pure superstar. performance. He's a superstar. But because we know, you know, you and I, we're going to get trashed on social media. Oh no! Yeah, how dare you? Yeah, no, no. We, he's a superstar. Make no mistake. And he's a. You you can argue whichever way you want. But he's arguably the greatest sprinter we've seen Absolutely. in the last 40 years. Absolutely. In terms of just victories, he's pretty much, he's won more than just about anyone. But the question is, will we see him on a podium of any race, any classics of importance this no, year? I don't think I don't so. Think we would. No, I don't no. think so. Any, um, any other transfer, any other news? Uh, you, you jogged my memory. Oh, well, the other one, not transfer, but let's, fingers crossed, and I hope he gets back racing and he's happy in getting results on that same team, Fabio Jakobsen. He's had a multiple yeah. um, 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 surgeries yeah. on his face. We've seen the first pictures of his face that has effectively been reconstructed. It's. I mean, look back at this. It's crush. actually more incredible now. Tour of Poland, the mm. crush. Look back at this, or don't actually. Yeah, is horrific. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't. 
I don't think I gave, I don't know if it's the right word, I, I don't think I gave it the right amount of respect when it happened. I did. I, I was respectful, but I didn't, I didn't, what I didn't realise was that the crash was as bad as what it actually was. I thought, yes, he's done damage, he's broken bones, probably knock himself out in the fall, but he's going to be okay. It was in the aftermath when we started to hear, actually, yeah. no, he nearly died. This was serious. So it's actually just great that he's he's back and he's, yeah. you know, oh, it's, it's the incredible. La- the last one I want to mention is uh, this year, are we going to see Evan Paul come back or not? Well, he's this another is, one. Yes. It's a big question. Big yes. crash, big prospect. Uh, this is a question mark. Of, uh, I think so. Of Remco I'm convinced. I'm convinced as I, well. But I'm convinced also because his injury wasn't as a fractured hip, wasn't it? If he'd broken his leg like his femur, as in like Chris Froome, yeah. I would say question mark. Even at such a young age, I'd say question mark because a very few riders who've broken their femur have come back and, and mm-hmm. at, to that top level. But I think the injury that he did... We'll see him back. I, I so want to see him back. He's so you wow. want to see him back in Roubaix with Van Aert and Van der Poel? No, Van der Poel. No, no, no. He'll be he'll be Liège. Yeah, he'll be he'll be those sort of races. And then what? He's another one though. What can he do in terms of tours? Remember, he was. Remember, his goal was the Giro. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see him focus on the Giro this year. Wow, that'd give us that'd give us something to watch, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Any other news? Uh, well, yeah, there is. Richie, keys to Launceston. Yes. What do you get when you? When, well, when you're a, come on, when when you're a kid, we all thought it. When you'd hear that, you're like, "Whoa, the keys, the yeah. keys to the city." You're like, "Oh, what does it open?" And every now and then, I, but what what does it actually mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Other than other well, than you get a key, yeah. you get a big one, you get a big key. Yeah, it's polished key. and shiny. You, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, you get you get reward. It's you know? just like a. It's a recognition, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's a it's clapping cool. of hands. It's cool. Beyond Launceston is the whole of Tassie, recognizing yeah. one of theirs. Yeah. Uh, and, and we all know that when you look at the Tour de France, he's the second most successful Australian at the Tour de France. He's yes. finished on the podium. What a year to do it as well. Mm. It was a complex year for everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's probably going to be hard for Richie to top this up. Yes. You never know, but it's probably going to be hard for him to top this up. So I think it's a nice way for, for a whole island, more than just the city, to yes. celebrate one of theirs. Yeah, he will, he will, yeah, he will be, he'll go down in, in Tasmania's history as Absolutely. probably one of the greatest sports persons. So, no, that, that was great. Um, races coming up. This, uh, is, this is what I'm so this excited is on, about. People. This is on. 2021 is not on. Etoile, Etoile, Etoile de Besage. So say that again. Etoile de Besage. Etoile. Etoile. Etoile de Besage. If you weren't here, I'd say Etoile de Besage. Yeah, lucky I made it. Etoile de Besage. That starts... In a few hours. It starts tomorrow, (laughs) the 3rd of Feb. I'm excited. Now, this is in France. This is this is a test now. Obviously, we know they're still really struggling, all of Europe, that is, with, with COVID. But that's that, that race starts. Omloop Het Newsblad, the opening classic of the year. That I'm excited about. 27th of Feb. Do you know why? Julian Alaphilippe is racing it. Is he? He's racing He's it. racing the Omloop? Yep. Really? Wow. And, and, and the news of him just becoming, uh, his wife is expecting, or yes. girlfriend is expecting, uh, honestly. By the way, yeah. Marion, his, his wife, I, I heard from her actually just like on my way in. She was like, can you tell 
your French mate just to calm his farm. Like, she's jealous of me. She, yeah, she's <laughs> jealous because you're in love with Julian. She's like, he's my husband. <laughs> he, you know, it's cool. Just tell him to just, you know, tune down, down a bit. <laughs> she must have seen all the direct messages I sent him. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. They're having a baby. Obviously, she was a former pro herself, and she's Absolutely. she's well known because she is apart from that, and, and of course being married to Julian Alaphilippe. But I don't think they're married. They're no, together, sorry, you're yeah. right. They're not married. But she's a uh, one of the main commentators now uh, she's on Eurosport. The, she's no uh, France Television. Oh, France she, Television. She's sorry. the face of cycling and France Television. Yeah, she's yeah. on all the races. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's very good. So. So he's doing Omloop News yep. Blood. Okay, that's on the 27th. Put that in your diaries, people. Strata Bianca is on the 6th of March. That is what is coming up. Yeah. This is, it's exciting. And it's There's on. a lot happening. And it's on. Yeah. It's on. Hopefully, we'll have a, a good calendar and hopefully, we'll resume our podcast every two weeks. Thank yes. you, Maka, for coming. My pleasure. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. And uh, before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. Our logo rides with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer and your PC, Mac or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on and you're sure to get one back as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.